You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's just gone 8 p.m. I'm Alameen Templeton, and you're tuned in to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Yes, this is Current Affairs, and uh, I'm going to be with you for the next hour. Hmm. Roughest, uh, not is, uh, is not real storm, stormtroopers. All of their weapons and all of their death machinery are still hulking down on the borders on the outskirts of Rafa, preparing for the final solution. Ghazans are, are wishing each other farewell each night before they go to sleep. Many of them scattered in, in, in uh, tent towns across the beaches of Gaza, where he's not really intent sending all of them at the end of all of this, if it really has its way, if the plan's coming out, being leaked out by the, uh, by the mainstream media, are to be believed. And we keep on hearing stories how Joe Biden is, um, you know, tensions are growing between the United States and Israel. These stories that come out and say that, you know, the gap is widening between the White House, the White House and Tel Aviv. Um, White House personnel regularly leak stories into the mainstream media saying a gap is widening between the White House and Israel over its uh, uh, war that it's, uh, they like to call it a war, it's clearly a genocide, or the war that it is uh, carrying out in Gaza started to come under like, you know, political pressure because, you know, genocide is genocide is genocide. Walks like a genocide, talks like a genocide, must be a genocide. That's what everyone in the world is seeing. And the politicians are just wishing we wouldn't see it that way. But unfortunately, you know, people have hearts, and Allah Ta'ala is the Lord of hearts. May Allah Ta'ala turn the world's hearts in compassion towards the Muslims, most particularly those in Gaza. And so people's, um, people's perceptions are not subject to their total control that the mainstream media is always striving for. And uh, we're told that, uh, you know, the gap is widening between the White House and Israel precisely because we're supposed to hope in our little hearts that, oh, that means that, uh, that, that America must be on the brink of telling Israel to stop. That's the thought that we're supposed to have in our heads every time we read one of those articles. It's meant to make us hesitate and delay. And that's all you need in order to control the people of today. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's that old saying, yeah, you can fool all the people all the time, you can fool some people all the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. The thing is, a good astute politician of today knows that you don't need to fool all the people all the time. Who wants to do so much hard work? Not when all you need to do is to cause good men to hesitate at just the right moment. You know, these moments come along in destiny where, where action now can bring about a change. That's when these stories come out. Just as the protests are, are, are reaching a certain crescendo, they issue stories saying, yes, a gap is appearing between. We're starting to have disagreements. Exasperation is growing. Exasperation at genocide, at murder, at the killing of babies, the assassination of hospitals and health infrastructure, 
targeting of uh, ambulances, pregnant mothers. You know, these stories fly thick and fast like drops of rain. I don't know if these stories are accompanied by angels or demons. But certainly the poison dripping out of the mainstream media is never intended to benefit the public. So we keep on hearing these stories that, yes, the gap is widening between the White House and Israel. Exasperation is growing. Joe Biden is frustrated with Benjamin Netanyahu. Are you frustrated, are you? My goodness. Well, why didn't you go and break a nail? Really, Joe Biden says Israel's actions are over the top. It's more than over the top. It's criminal. It is criminal. They're starting to make Hitler look like an absolute amateur. <clears throat> but now I'm starting to get the feeling that in actual fact Joe Biden is getting exasperated with Bibi. You see, Israel, or I should say is not real, is costing Biden time and ammunition. He doesn't have to worry about wasting money. You're wasting, you're wasting time and money is the usual way. But no, 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 no. These are the Western elites we're speaking about. They don't think in human terms like we do. They say he's not real, he's costing Biden time and ammunition. Biden doesn't have to worry about wasting money because he can just get the U.S. Fed to print some more dollars before those useless digital dollars that they print. Remember, the United States is $33 trillion in debt, and that's just the federal government. That's just the federal government's budget. It doesn't include state budgets. It doesn't include private finance. Um, $33 trillion. So when every time they say that they're raising the ceiling, essentially what they're saying is we're going to print more dollars. But if they said we're going to print more dollars, people would say, but then a dollar is just a joke and it's useless. It's a waste of money and time. And they wouldn't use a dollar. It would become a laughing stock. So they say they're raising the ceiling. They're increasing the ceiling of their, their spending ceiling of their budget. What they're really saying is we're going to print more useless digital dollars, not even paper dollars that you can hold in your hand. They don't even have the grace to create something that you, you can look at and laugh. It's just a little uh, split-second blip on a computer screen. That's how they print dollars today. Of course, uh, in any other country, like uh, Zimbabwe tried it about 20 years ago, and we know what happened. Like, you know, suddenly they're walking around with billion-dollar banknotes as the money is completely devalued. The more money you print, the less worth the money becomes. So why doesn't that happen with the dollar? Well, before those useless digital dollars start devaluing the greenback, the United States ensures that all, they're all washed out into the great money laundering machine that they call stock markets around the world. Why do you think the JSE is hovering at around 72,000 plus the all-share index today? It's hovering there because all of this funny money has been pumped into the JSE relentlessly, like many other stock exchanges around the world. There, I know it's a crass oversimplification, but that is what is happening in world markets nowadays. It's a crass oversimplification, but basically it also explains everything.
Sure, people's pension funds have done extraordinarily well out of the dollar largesse that keeps our world markets artificially suspended in some kind of never-never-land stratospheric orbit beyond the reach of gravity and the laws of diminishing returns. It's because the United States has moved into a war economy, and that means it needs to continue manufacturing weapons, ammunitions, and wars to keep the military-industrial complex fed with raw materials, cash, and rapacious markets. Can you imagine what a rapacious market is for the death industry, for the weapons industry? What is a market for a weapons industry? Like a shark that has to keep moving forward in the sea or it dies of suffocation. The military-industrial complex today so intimately interwoven with the fates of elite, family, uh, of, of elite Americans' family trusts, need to keep manufacturing wars to feed the machine. It's said that train, time, train timetables started World War I in 1914, as European nations, all armed to the teeth with the latest weaponry at the time, started moving their armies closer to their borders to menace the neighbor, so train timetables started invisibly exerting their dumb influence and the devious plots of the continent's elites. Trains carrying shells needed routes and stops and loads mapped out. The same with trains carrying soldiers, guns, food, horses, rifles, clothing, tents, shaving mirrors, and all the nightmarish paraphernalia, down to the smallest items that make up the full orchestra of war. Suddenly, the troops were there. The weapons were there. Everything they needed was there. And there, just across the border, the enemy, also well-armed and provisions, had also arrived on time, on schedule, just as the continent's timetables had predicted, had predicted. They jolly well had the men, the opportunity, and the means for war, so they jolly well had one. The train timetables in 1914 were what passes for artificial intelligence today. And today, artificial intelligence is basically doing the same thing. The whole process is unfolding in very much the same way. History is repeating itself, just as idiotically, relentlessly and murderously. Now, instead of, trying, now, instead of train timetables... We have, we have hedge fund algorithms. These try to calculate the costs of everything and try and invest ahead of the curve. Raw materials are bought on the futures markets in anticipation of future wars as yet unfought. Tomorrow's national antagonists lie asleep, unaware of their bellicose futures being plotted in banking boardrooms. Futures prices affect spot prices and markets are hijacked by hysteria and sentiment. Raw materials are delivered and the death machine's production kicks in. Products quickly pile up before being whisked away to their sad destinations. Wars devastate economies, but the algorithms know that and have investment and rebuilding plans built into their investment horizons. They're buying and selling shares today in construction companies, building supplies companies, labor-broking or human-smuggling companies. Even before the wars have broken out, the hedge funds and the algorithms are already planning the target country's reconstruction funding pipelines. 
The most sophisticated algorithms today plan several future wars, peace, life and investment pathways at the same time. War is no longer a matter of morality, of love, of hate, prejudice or fear. War is war if it offers a big enough profit opportunity. Ceasefires and massacres are decided not by politicians, by generals or protesters, but by dots and dashes in a digital algorithm. It's just business, the new normal, we're told. We're all just prisoners here of an algorithm's device. Social media posts showing dying babies, blood-splattered walls and floors in hospitals, shattered cities and burnt-out dreams. They're just advertising, feeding the machine with self-confirmatory bias. From a bottom-line perspective, is not Real's genocidal murder in Gaza is fast turning out to be the most profitable, most advertised, most ignored business opportunity the military-industrial complex has ever seen. Congressmen harried by code pink protesters. Oh, the horror, the horror. In the Capitol, waved them aside unthinkingly. <laughs> Why bother? Business is just great. And damn, those is not realis know how to throw a genocide. Volodymyr in Kiev is such a loser. Two years of war? And what has he given us? Hmm? Zada, nada, zilch. This is what the elites are saying as they are starting to blow cold and Volodymyr and his war that was giving them such nice little profits just a few months ago. But now compared to those super profits coming out of Tel Aviv, I'm sorry, Volodymyr, you were touted in all of the parliaments around the world, you know, in the international community, those white parliaments where white people in, in Canada, you know Canada, Canada is so nice. They try to be so nice in Canada. Hey, have you ever noticed, hey, how the Canadians are so nice? They bring an SS soldier from Ukraine. And the whole parliament gets up and, 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 and claps hands because he, in the Second World War he was good at killing Russians. Now the Russians are the enemy. And a country that doesn't, that, that has... Um, uh, defined uh, what they call anti-Semitism as hate speech. If you speak out against Israel and call it an apartheid state, they would like to prosecute you for a crime. These people, the whole parliament stood up and applauded Vladimir Zelensky and his SS Nazi soldier. I mean, uh, the, uh, depravity just keeps on trumping itself nowadays. Hmm? Um, I'm hardly, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the Gaza videos nowadays with like one eye half closed. You have to know what is going on. But oh Allah have mercy. Oh Allah, draw your mercy down on Gaza. Oh Allah, oh Allah, oh Allah. Yeah, Allah, bless us with sabr and jameel. How, how, how can we have sabr in such a time? Only by remembering you, O oh Allah. And you are the best of helpers, the best settler of affairs. Yeah, Vladimir, Volodymyr, down in Kiev, is fast becoming yesterday's flavor.
because the profit opportunities coming out of Israel are just simply irresistible for the elites. So, you know, even as Europe is starting to make noises like, we will never leave you alone, it's very clear that Europe is already preparing to abandon the Ukra Ukrainians, much like America abandoned the Kurds. I'm sorry, but your usefulness is over. Don't, no, 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 we're not going to invite you to our parliament. Yeah, Volodymyr, he must, he, he must have a difficult time trying to understand uh, the popularity stakes of the Western world. He thought they really cared about his country. Can you believe it? They didn't, he didn't realize. They're just looking at me like I'm a profit opportunity. I'm a little drum majorette um, marching in front of a public relations company, calling on people to come and cast their money my way. It was very nice while it lasted, but one gets the feeling Volodymyr Zelensky's ride is fast coming to an end. Already Donald Trump is, is, is telling uh, European partners that if they get attacked by Russia and they haven't maintained their NATO um, uh, spending commitments, then he is going to let Russia do what the hell it likes with them. <laughs> Uh, one can relish um, um, the prospect, but um, what in actual fact they're trying to do is turn the whole of Europe onto a war economy as well. Funded and financed very much in the same way as America is doing. Of course, it's just going to mean that there's just going to be a glut of money flowing into the markets. A lot of um, Frankenstein euros, just like the Frankenstein dollars, will then also start gushing. But already Europe is, is uh, increasing its spending commitments. They're opening up ammunition factories because now the war in Israel is fast depleting their ammunition reserves. Europe doesn't even have enough reserves to defend themselves. Now they're starting to uh, leak all kinds of scare stories into the media. They're saying it will take 10 years for Europe to prepare itself for a war with Russia. And then they say other things like Russia will be, will be ready to fight a war with Europe in about three years. As a, a Russia will be prepared. They say these are the words they're saying. So Russia is going to be prepared in three years. And it's going to take Europe 10 years to prepare. So as a result, it means that they're going to be vulnerable to a Russian attack. And that's meant to frighten all the Europeans. Uh, if you go, and you go and Google these things and have a look, you'll see that there are also articles coming out saying that Russia can sustain a war with Ukraine at the current levels of conflict for another three years at least. I think all of these, all, all, all of these numbers are, 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 um, are connected. They've realized um, that... The longest it's going to take Russia to defeat Ukraine is three years. And if Russia defeats Ukraine in three years, it is going to be so fed up with Europe and Europe's lies that there is a, a strong likelihood that now armed and on a war footing, it is now going to come and take its vengeance out on the, re on the rest of Europe. Although Vladimir Putin has repeatedly, at one time, during George H.W. Bush's presidency, he was even trying to get Russia brought in as a NATO member. He was jointly trying to um, 
solve the Yugoslav, the Serbian, the Srebrenica um, genocide jointly with the, with the Americans. And the Americans were having nothing of it. There have been two major initiatives in Ukraine to bring about peace there. And each time, European or American politicians have stepped in and bust the peace deal. So, Volodymyr Zelensky is very quickly becoming yesterday's hero. He was, they threw all kinds of weapons at him last year. His breakthrough was supposed to happen at the end of the winter, and it did not. It failed. So now the Europeans are starting to say things like, oh, well, you know, it's the, it's the Ukrainians' fault. They're not fighting hard enough. But in actual fact, all they're really interested in, they're, they're not interested in, really, Ukraine uh, defeating Russia. This is never, ever going to happen. It never was going to happen. No serious general believed it was going to happen. Vladimir Putin knew it wasn't going to happen, and so did the American presidents. So why did the presidents go ahead? The only reason in this scenario is because it makes money. There's money to be made out of murder. There's an old Yorkshire saying, where there's muck, there's brass. Where there's muck, there's brass. And so it is with murder. Yes, from a bottom line perspective, from a profit perspective, is not Real's genocidal murder in Gaza is fast turning out to be the most profitable, most advertised, most ignored business opportunity the, the military-industrial complex has ever seen. Nowadays, congressmen who are harried by code pink protesters, horror, horror, in the capital, they wave them away. They wave them aside unthinkingly. Why should they bother? Because business is just great. And as we said, damn, those not Israelis really know how to throw a genocide. And Volodymyr in Kiev, such a loser, such a loser. Two years of war, and what has he given us? Nada, zilch. Is not real, charged down and murder and see. In one month, it raised down hell on the Palestinians and uses up more ammunition than Zelensky used in two years. Now that's the turnover the MIC, the military-industrial complex, likes to see. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, you can have too much of a good thing. But, how, but now, you see, this orchestra of hell is turning out to be a bit too much like a German opera. It's too long and it's too loud. And Biden is getting upset because he's not just in the twilight of his, twilight of his career. He's also in the final end zone of his life. And now, instead of receiving congratulatory visits on a daily basis from admirers and his grandkids, He's having to try and convince the world genocide is the new normal. And, he's got, got, and he has crazy Bibi upsetting all his hard work while going nowhere all the time. Joe understands Bibi wants to prolong it all just to stay out of jail. And Joe can sympathize with that, knowing if the ICJ is a real court, that he could be in the same boat one day. I really do relish the thought, the prospect, you know. There is a possibility. Some people would even say a probability. 
that the next American president could swear himself in inside a jail cell. I mean, say the ICJ did something real <clears throat> and prosecuted Joe Biden. Oh, it's not going to happen. I know, I know. But imagine, just imagine, hmm? Joe Biden in a, in a Hague jail being sworn in by the Chief Justice. Arnold, they solemnly swear. Oh, what's my name again? So, yeah. And Joe, of course, is, is, is trying to put his opponent into jail at the same time. Um, so, you know, like sort of, it's a, it's a preemptive strike against American democracy. You know, American democracy is so odious. I mean, we, we, we see what its fruits are in Iraq and Iran and Syria, Afghanistan, Somalia, all over. American democracy is so odious that even Americans don't like it anymore. You know, it's, a, it's an ongoing trend. It's an ongoing trend. Um, they're trying to preemptively strike against American democracy before it happens even. That's how much Americans detest American democracy. You know, um, there's the, these preemptive strikes against American democracy. Um, they, they, uh, while before, before Donald Trump became president, they were accusing him of being a Russian spy. While he was in the presidency, the main opposition, the establishment in America, was accusing the establishment's president of being a Russian spy. That's how depraved and idiotic the American public discourse has become. You're not going to get any kind of uh, intellectual rigor needed in order to be able to construct a path to peace in Israel. Not with these crazies in charge of the circus. No, 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 no. The clowns are in charge of the circus in America, and that's for sure. When you're accusing your president of being a Russian spy, uh, before that, we had um, Donald Trump himself also trying to overturn American democracy and getting rid of Obama by saying Obama isn't an American. <laughs> Ah, eh? mm? And these people expect us to believe that they are the leaders of the world. Yes. Oh, yeah, we are the leaders of the world, but our leader is not an American. We don't want you to like that guy. And before that, what was going on? Hmm? Before that, we had Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky and the, and, and the closets in, in, in the Oval Office. And the stained dress that she kept. We won't go into it. Really is, really is a sordid affair. You know, you had the Star Inquiry, and that was the Republicans trying to get rid of the Democrats. Then the Democrats are trying to get rid of the Republicans. Getting rid of the president is like the main job of the American um, Party. Not in in power. The Christian Party in America is always trying to overturn American democracy. The elites in that little party cannot accept the general will, which is the essence of democracy. They cannot accept it. They don't know what democracy is. They don't understand democracy at all. They think democracy is other people voting for people we like. And if that doesn't happen, 
then very clearly there are some other people in the world who don't understand democracy and that means that there's a profit opportunity out there and an opportunity for Americans to take up their God-given mission and that is to take their democracy to the rest of the world, even if it means killing everyone. And that seems nowadays, increasingly, that's also now turning out to killing everyone, and that includes Americans. At the end of the last election, America seemed to teeter on the brink of some kind of civil war between red and blue states. But let's get back to Joe. Let's get back to Joe. Joe is having problems with Bibi. He understands, yes, Bibi wants to prolong it all and just stay out of jail. He can sympathize with that, knowing that the ICJ may put him into the same boat one day. But elections are elections. And Joe needs a long enough calming down period between the last Ghazan dying and the election starting. He needs his MSM, his, his uh, mainstream media to start spinning the meaning, to confuse the issues, to bloody the waters just enough to create sufficient doubt in the public's mind to get him over the line and back into the Oval Office, like Shaitan smuggling himself into, into Jannah. And then, of course, there's also Joe's war, Ukraine. Yeah, Joe Biden started it all back in 2014 while he was vice president under Obama, going into Kiev and, and reassuring all of those neo-Nazi battalions, the Azov battalions, that yes, America will stand by you and arm you and we will stand with you forever and ever and ever. Um, <clears throat> undermining the elections, staging a coup, Staging a coup against the democratically elected leader, it is something America has been doing almost routinely in Latin America for decades. And they've become so accustomed to it that they no longer like really trying to hide their tracks anymore. And you know, every time they go out and they think, well, we're showing the world how to build democracy and the world is admiring us and the world is following us. In actual fact, the world is just looking at them the same way I'm looking at these Raza videos. They look at them with one eye half closed. They're not looking at them uh, to find uh, an example to follow. They're looking at them because they know where that murderous guy is and you need to make sure that you're not in his kill zone at any time. That's why people keep an eye on the United States nowadays. Also, a sinking ship... It's just like a war. It's a profit opportunity. You know, if you're one of the rats getting ready to uh, get off the sinking ship, you want to make sure you go past, uh, past the galley and get yourself some chow on the way out. That is basically what America's politicians are doing today. America has become an unsustainable economy, a built-on war. It is inherently, um, fundamentally unsustainable and will come crashing down eventually. Uh, it's just that, you know, America is no longer a superpower. It's now a global super problem. And when it comes crashing down, there's going to be a big mess. As they say, when the elephants fight, the garage gets crushed. So what are we going to do? Joe, Joe has got this Israeli war breaking out. Young Americans most definitely hate him. 
and they're going to tell their children to, you know, he can't dream of like Joe Biden books and Joe Biden fan clubs once he's passed on. They're just not going to be there. The youth are going to ensure he'll be remembered as a war criminal. Things are upsetting for Joe nowadays, you know. And there's his favorite war, Ukraine. He worked so hard to get it going, and now people are just losing interest. They just don't understand. They just don't understand. You know, he just can't let Putin win. He can't let Russia win. He's a Cold War baby, Joe Biden. He's a Cold War teenager. He grew up in those times. You can just see. Huh? He's just like so much like those astronauts that they used to take photos of, you know, with the, with the aviator glasses on and next to those big rockets getting ready to fly to the moon. Remember, they used to show them in the 1970s. I don't know if you were around in those days, but I remember them quite distinctly. I was in nursery school in 1970. They just landed on the moon. I can remember looking at the photos. And those astronauts, they dressed, they walked, they talked. Very much like Joe Biden does, huh? Old Joe Biden likes to think of himself as a latter-day Chuck Yeager, I suppose. But the war in Israel is now starting to take all the weapons away. It's starting to eat up, or eat up all of that ordinance. It's starting to grind its way through F-35s and Tomahawk missiles and Hellfire missiles and Apache helicopters. And, you know, no matter how many bullets they pump into Israel, they just always seem to need more, 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 more. And even the American warehouses that were supposed to arm American soldiers in case of an emergency are now being depleted. And still, there doesn't seem to be any end. There are no Hamas bodies. Every time Hamas parades, every time not Israel, is not real, parades supposedly Hamas bodies, they're rather embarrassingly exposed just a few days later by Gazan to say, but, but that's my brother that they abducted three, abducted three days ago from hospital, is on a hospital bed. Blah, blah, blah. Those are just ordinary civilians. Those aren't Hamas. So the 15,000 dead Hamasi soldiers are nowhere to be seen. Israel claims that that's their score, but everyone knows they're lying. Everyone knows they're lying. Is not real is just chowing through the ordinance. And Joe's Ukraine war is getting forgotten on the back burner, and people are starting to call that Zelensky lout a loser. And he's Joe's favorite cl clown. You know how long Joe had to had to put that makeup on to make sure that it was just the right kind of clown that people will love and support and want to cuddle and protect. Just like a little Nazi teddy bear. Israel has a rapacious appetite for murder. You don't believe me? Let's put all of this into perspective. Let's put it into some kind of perspective, shall we? Take an is not really a request for Papa, to Papa Pentagon in November. This is November already. We've had December, we've had January, we're into February already. This is back in November, after a month of massacre. Uh, back in November already, it requested more than 57,155 millimeter 
155mm high-explosive artillery shells, 20,000 rifles, as many as 5,000 uh, PBS, that's night vision goggles, 3,000 handheld bunker buster munitions, and 420mm mortars, and 75 uh, new light tactical vehicles, or the Humvee as it's known. And they're, 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 that's what they're asking in November, Israel. That's what Israel wanted for November. Okay. So let's consider another news item. Just uh, a few days ago, a, uh, you know, I was researching this thing, looking for stuff and so on. I came across uh, this article. It says, nearly two years ago, after Ukraine broke out into a full-blown war, Germany has started building a factory to make more ammunition to restore its almost entirely depleted arsenal of artillery shells. But it will be a year before the new factory is able to produce 50,000 rounds a year, with hopes of doubling that in 2026, the website that pretends to do journalism, so I'm not going to cite it. You can Google it if you want. You can Google the quote. I'm going to be putting this up on our, on our website, inshallah, so you can just cut and paste the quote. You can Google it. If you really want to find out if this was a real quote, was it a real story? It is, but you can, you can cut and paste the quote and you can find out who said it. I'm not going to tell you because they're just pretending to be journalists. And, you know, it's a journalistic courtesy. So, you know, I give a courtesy to journalists, but to propagandists, nah. They can come and complain if they want to. It's a partial quote. I haven't broken their copyright. It's all right. You know, I was in the mainstream media. I understand copyright law and all of that, passing off and all that nonsense. Not happening here. Okay. So I'm not even going to tell you what website it was. But the website said, the website. Germany has started building a factory to make artillery shells. But it will be a year before the factory is able to produce 50,000 rounds a year with hopes of doubling that in 2026. It was a big deal. It really was a big deal in Germany. Germany's top politicians turned out to witness the sod-turning ceremony for the factory. And see how many shells it will be able to produce in a year. 50,000 of them. 50,000 shells. This is a new factory uh, to start ramping up production in case we have to go to war with Russia in th three years. Although, you know, we're only going to be ready in 10. But we must really try, right? So they, they now, this is the start of their preparing for war with Russia. They have made a new factory capable of producing 50,000 shells a year. A big deal. That is a big deal. But what's that 50,000 rounds worth of shells? How many, how many shells did Israel um, order for November? 57,000 in one month. They, want to, they, they, they will go through this new factory's entire year's production in just one month. That's how murderous the Israelis are. That's how genocidal that atrocity is. Yeah, 57,000 shells Israel is going through in one month. That spells horror. That spells destruction. That spells rejection. You must reject it with every fiber of your body. But you know what? In other circles, that spells 
prophet. And that is what Vladimir, Zel uh, Volodymyr Zelensky and Vladimir Putin, the two Vlads. Uh, anyway, um, that's, that's a crucial factor that Vladimir Putin doesn't understand. Uh, you can go and read his, um, we, we, we've taken the entire transcript from his um, Tucker Carlson, Carlson interview uh, from last week, and we put it up on our website. It makes for a very, very interesting reading. I mean, you must remember this guy has been leader of Russia through all of the American presidents since George H.W. Bush. Like from the mid-90s, this guy has been around. You know, he's been around the block. He knows what's going on, and yet... And he's such an analyst. He's got such a mind. Even at his age, he can pull figures out of the air like this, like a Hafizul Quran, in a way. You know, throughout that interview, he's got these figures. He's got the dates. He's got the numbers, everything. He just pulls them out of the air. This is certainly no Joe Biden. If he and Joe Biden had to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, I'm afraid Joe Biden wouldn't even last one punch. And Vladimir with all of his analytical ability, with all of his advisors and so on, cannot understand why the Americans won't offer this very obvious and only track to peace that he, he keeps on emphasizing and offering to them. And they keep on ignoring it and throwing it away, and he can't understand it's going to lead to murder and destruction. It could even result in the end of our planet, the end of human life. But no, the Americans, like crazies, they turn him down and they just choose war every time. He can't understand why they're doing that. It goes against all of the logic that he has been taught. And that is his unfortunate weakness. That's his blind spot. He's been taught by Russians. Maybe even Russians who valued human life. It would appear that that is the case. He does seem to be far more humane than any Western politician. He can't understand why the Americans sabotage peace deal after peace deal. When Ukrainian representatives had already started initialing pages to the deal, NATO bigwigs would put an oar in and derail the chance for peace. And us Muslims are hoping the same people will one day order even a temporary ceasefire. We even hope that the Arab partners might one day even insist on the same. <laughs> I suppose, as the elites in America would say, amateurs. Human lives, global peace, and international strategy mean nothing in the face of an algorithm profit outlook to them. And their timetables time, their time were painstakingly worked out years ago. So, the wars will continue. And that means Genocide Joe must find another way to feed both Is Not Real and Ukraine with enough murder machinery while hoping, while hoping against hope that another war doesn't break out somewhere else. Because if that happens, all those profit opportunities may go a-begging if NATO doesn't have enough powder in its horn. The family trusts of all Joe's friends will never forgive him. The clock is ticking. Jazakamallah for joining us. Inshallah, we'll be back on uh, Monday afternoon between uh, noon and one o'clock. Also available um, Tuesday night.
yeah, back again on Tuesday night with Current Affairs. Monday Monday afternoon, uh, we'll be World in View. Jazakumullah for joining us. Make dua that Allah Ta'ala bless you and your family and loved ones with a beautiful weekend. And, oh Allah, have mercy on the thousands. Oh Allah, bless and guide and strengthen the mujahideen. Oh Allah, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Ya Rahmanu, Ya Rahimu, Ya Rahmanu, Ya Rahim. Jazakumullah for joining us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa